Welcome to the Julius Baer Moving Markets podcast on Wednesday, the 20th of December with me, Bernadette Anderko. It's only five sleeps until Christmas, uh, and whilst US lawmakers in Colorado seem intent on dampening Mr. Trump's holiday celebrations, the markets certainly seem to have caught the festive spirit and are in a buoyant mood. John T. Warris will update us on the key market action, and then we're going to be joined on the show by Dalia Messi, who'll provide an update more specifically on what's going on in the bond markets. So let's kick off today's podcast with John T. Good morning. Good morning, Bernadette. So um, why don't we start with the US, where we had uh, US New Homes data out yesterday. That's right, we did. We saw new US home construction surging in November and a sign that home builders in the US are continuing to benefit from an acute shortage of previously owned homes available for sale. Residential starts jumped by almost 15% in November to an annualised rate of 1.56 million, data showed yesterday. And a jump in mortgage rates had dampened new construction activity in recent months. So overall, this is quite a solid read from the housing sector and one that really reinforces the soft landing narrative. This is leading to some economists raising their Q4 GDP growth estimates amid hopes that the robust housing market might help the US economy avoid a recession next year. Okay, and staying in North America, uh, Canada published its latest CPI data where expectations were for a decline from 3.1% to 2.9%. What can you tell us there? Yes, Bernadette. Uh, Yesterday, data showed that Canada's annual inflation rate came in actually at 3.1% in November, matching October's pace, as slower growth in food prices and cheaper cellular services and fuel oil were offset by an acceleration in the price of travel tours. And this had forecast inflation to ease to 2.9%, as you say. The Canadian dollar strengthened to a four and a half month high against the US dollar yesterday as investors reduced bets on an early start to the Bank of Canada making interest rate cuts after domestic data showed inflation holding steady in November. All right, so um, how did the US stock markets fare yesterday after digesting all this data? Well, in part, on the encouraging data that we saw out yesterday, US equities advanced higher, finishing up at market close, not far off their best levels, and adding further to Monday's gains. We saw bets for an early rate cut from the Fed Reserve continuing to build following Richmond Fed President Thomas Barkin's remark that we're making good progress on inflation. Traders now see more than a three in four chance for a quarter point rate reduction by March. Barkin's comments further strengthened the soft landing narrative that sent both the Dow and the Nasdaq to all-time highs yesterday and the S&P 500 not far behind. In fact, the S&P 500 is now just half a percent off its record high of January 22. Small caps also had a good day yesterday with the Russell 2000 index outperforming, while most shorted equities also saw outsized gains. Okay, so by all accounts, it sounds like the equity rally still has some steam left. Um, How about other asset classes in yesterday's trading session? Yes, so in fixed income, US Treasuries were stronger across the curve, though they retreated from their best levels after the backup in yields that we saw on Monday. The yield on the two-year fell two bips to 442, while 10-year yields fell two bips to around 391. The US dollar index was down 0.4%, though of course it was predominantly the yen weakness here that was the big story in FX following Japan's central bank meeting. The yen dollar cross is now hovering just below the 144 level. Gold and Bitcoin both finished up 0.6% and oil also advanced with WTI crude gaining 1.5%. And this follows Monday's gains of just shy of 1.5% for WTI there as well. Okay, moving closer to home now. Um, In Europe, we've had some data prints out already this morning. Can you give us any headlines there? 
Yes, we've seen um, inflation data out of the UK this morning, which shows that core and headline inflation uh, data came in lower than expected, with consumer prices rising 3.9%, while core CPI, which excludes the more volatile food and energy prices, rose by 5.1% year-on-year in November, which is lower than the expected 5.6%. The pound sterling extended its drop versus the US dollar on the news, with cable now trading at around 127. All right. um, And looking at the screens, I see the markets in Asia seem to be faring rather well today. Can you tell us perhaps what's caught your eye today there in Asia? Yes. So overnight, we saw some news out of China. Chinese banks held their benchmark lending rates at 3.45% after a similar move by the central bank. And this is bolstering expectations that further monetary easing will take place in early 2024. This was in line with expectations for a hold, and mainline China indices are now trading at around 0.7% lower in today's session on the news. Other than that, most of Asia is faring pretty well. After some rather dovish policy signals from opposite sides of the globe kept stocks climbing into the start of the Asian market open today, Asian equities are trading higher, with Hong Kong up around 1%, the Nikkei up 1.4%, and the Kospi up as much as 1.8%. And Indian markets are also slightly up, having hit a fresh record high yesterday. All right. Um, Now, looking ahead, we seem to have rather a packed economic calendar today. Uh, What do you think is going to be moving markets today, Jonty? Yes, we'll see UK house prices uh, year on year for October out this morning. Uh, US current account figures for Q3, uh, US existing home sales and consumer confidence data for December out of the US and the Eurozone due later this afternoon. Although the main data point that investors will be closely watching will come tomorrow in the form of the PCE deflator, which is the Fed's uh, favoured inflation gauge. And the futures board shows that US equities look set for a flat to slightly positive open in the green later today. And that's it from me for today, Bernadette. Thank you so much for bringing us the latest market news today, John T. Thanks a lot, Bernadette. So now it's time to have a look at the bond markets with uh, Dario Messi. Good morning, Dario. Good morning, Bernadette. So uh, last week was the big central bank uh, week, and David Cole explained the economics yesterday. Uh, We've also had the Bank of Japan's decision this week, so I I guess it's no surprise that we've had some dynamism in the bond markets in recent days. Um, What was your main takeaway regarding the messages from the monetary policy authorities? Uh, And are there any changes for our working assumptions? Uh, yes, well, you're right. There were definitely some some moves in the bond market, and um, I also listened to the call yesterday when when David went across the central bank. So I won't go into the details here, but really focus on the main takeaways uh, for us fixed income strategists. And I would say, first and foremost, a more dovish Fed than expected. Uh, Powell clearly indicated that uh, the cutting cycle might actually start earlier. I have to say I expected much more pushback on on the market's optimism and also appetite for this kind of early rate cuts uh, uh, next year. And then on the other side, the ECB or also the European central banks in general, there we got a bit more of this uh, pushback, of these expected pushbacks. So in other words, I would say there was a quite a difference uh, in communication, which is also the reason why um, our economists, David explained it yesterday, uh, brought forward the pattern for for Fed rate cuts. Um, and basically, the gap we had penciled in before closed now uh, a bit. Um, but fundamentally, I think this is the important bit here. Fundamentally, we still have to say next year, we will likely see more pressure, at least at the start of the year, 
on the ECB to to loosen policy. Um, if we just look at the strong uh, transmission of high rates, how strong it is, uh, it's really affecting the real economy in the eurozone. All right. Uh, we discussed last week. There's quite a bit of rate cut optimism already priced into the market. Has this optimism waned now, or is it even stronger? I mean, and I guess for listeners who perhaps aren't following the daily ins and outs of the bond market, what have they done on the back of all these rate decisions? Um, yes, indeed, we discussed it. There was quite a bit of optimism, and well, with this limited pushback that we got from from Powell last uh, Wednesday, the market actually felt confirmed in that regard. And and you also saw it now even more rate cuts uh, for next year priced at least in the US. And even if we have now some uh, Fed officials coming up, trying to push back um, this message that we got on Wednesday, the, the first message after the meeting kind of uh, is much more dominant in that regard. And this pushback that we get now is not really working uh, against market optimism. And well, this momentum still means quite a rally in risk assets. You You saw it. And also longer term yields dropping even lower. If you look at the 10 year US Treasury yields, I mean, this one came down really remarkably. Um, it was already ahead of the Fed meeting uh, last week uh, when we went from some 5% or higher to 4.2%. And well, now we are at 3.9% with the 10 years. So uh, the last Fed meeting of the year really gave here another impulse there. All right. So you talked about yields dropping, but if they've dropped so much, meaning, of course, that prices have already gone up, is it too late to enter the market or do you think it's still worthwhile taking exposure going into next year? We think uh, still worthwhile uh, taking exposure. I mean, you're right. Yield levels are lower and therefore definitely less attractive. I mean, we can't argue about that. But still, we believe we are well progressing in this disinflation process. Uh, central banks will start cutting rates uh, next year, probably already in the first half, as we discussed before. And this means rates you get at the short end are coming lower. And from an investment perspective, this simply means that you really need to consider reinvestment risk with this kind of short-term exposure. So cash or money markets uh, will be less attractive in a not-too-distant future. And normally, by then, you cannot just easily switch into other assets and, and also longer-term yields uh, could be even lower at that time. So overall, yes, in our strategy, even with these lower yields, uh, we think there is still the case to add some medium to longer uh, term duration, high quality bonds into your portfolio. Okay, that's a pretty clear message there then, Dario. Um, thank you for coming on the show today and indeed for being here most Wednesdays in 2023 to keep us up to date on the fixed income market moves. I hope you continue to be here for us in 2024. Well, thank you, Bernadette, for inviting me throughout the year uh, to this timely podcast. Uh, happy holiday season to you and, and also to all our listeners. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show. I'd like to thank my guests, of course, for contributing and you for listening. This is my last appearance for 2023, so I wish you all a happy Christmas. But don't forget to join us again tomorrow when Helen Freer will be back hosting more of our experts to guide you through what's moving markets. Good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. 
please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.